right back where we started from. Hustle scraper guns, your shadow wizard done. Driving down the 101, California, here we come. Right back where we started from, California. Welcome. Welcome to the OCD, OCD bitches. Bitch. Welcome to season two of the OC. No. Mike was your host last season. I'm Ryan. We're now going to do all of season two. In one episode? In one episode. We're going to do it. Mike, okay. are you ready for season two? Uh, we did all of season one. We're doing season two. Three things are true right now, my friend. Okay. Number one, what you just said is true. When we get to season two of OCD, you are the host. That is canon, motherfucker. That sucks. Second thing that is true is we're on a featurette. You just lied. The true thing is you lied. We're doing our second rounds of featurettes. Wait, the true thing that I said is that I never said that we're on a featurette and now we're doing featurettes and yep. that's true? Well, I said three things are true, not three things you said are true. Oh. One thing that is true, you did say. You will host the second season of the OCD. We'll see. I am delighted. The second thing is we're doing the roundup of season one featurettes, which does include the real OC. Not to be confused with the Laguna Beach story of the real OC or Orange County. And it also includes cutscenes, everybody's favorite thing in the world, scenes that weren't good enough to be on the show. So we we watched a couple of featurettes. And god damn it, people should hear about it. And we're gonna do a show about those instead of starting season two of the OCD featuring season two of the OC featuring Ryan as host and possibly backup dancers. One of them may be named Mike. I think that's the new title of the podcast. The whole thing? That's the, that's the whole title, yeah. And when reviewers, the new job podcast reviewer, write about it, they have to type out the whole thing? Oh, yeah. I would appreciate it. Is that and, a respect thing? And reviewers, don't do that thing where you copy the title the first time you type it out and then paste it, you know? Type the whole thing out. Type it out. We love it. We didn't Think spend about three it. or four months trying to come up with that title for you just to copy and paste that It everywhere. was focus group, and mm-hmm. everybody loves focus groups. And we would do that thing where uh, every week during the three or four months, we would add one word to the title. Mm-hmm. But we would make sure that it was the perfect word. The perfect word in the perfect order. The OCD featuring Sphinx, mm-hmm. the Egyptian statue without a no. No, that's not the, that's not the right no. word. Back to the drawing board, guys. Also... Think about storytelling. You don't have to say Sphinx, the Egyptian statue without a nose. Sphinx, people know it. Is the worst part about writing in this day and age that there are no papers to crumple up and throw next to a trash can? Yes. I thought you were going to say there are no new stories, but that's wrong because Shakespeare didn't have fucking cell phones. Watch Black Mirror, motherfucker. New stories every day. This is not a podcast about Black Mirror. It's not brought to you by Black Mirror. We are not going to mention Black Mirror again. Would you ever do that podcast? Black Mirror? Yeah. Sure. Would you do it with me? Because every time I'm like, see, that's what I've been saying. Uh, Flat Earth. No, I'm not going to do a podcast with you again. This is the last one? This is it, probably. This series, not this episode. This episode, we'll talk. Um, Greg and Taylor and I have been talking about doing a new show called The OCD Season 2 without you. And it'll be fun. It'll be whatever. How much more would you pay for your computer if every time you trashed a Google Doc or a Microsoft Doc, it shot a piece <laughs> of crumpled paper out Towards the trash can. Never into the trash can, but towards the trash can. Solidly 75 extra dollars. That's 75 That's extra bucks. That's my savings account. Best buy. You could be making 75 that extra dollars a computer. Best buy, for sure. And every time it ran out, you call Best Buy and their little geek squad and their little geek car to come and fill up with more gross paper to shoot out of your computer. 
Are those papers blank or there's stuff written on them? Oh, no, it's your shitty writing. It's one sentence of your shitty writing. Just one sentence. It chooses the worst sentence. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and I would love to read what this computer thought was my worst sentence. And what's that computer know? Is it right or is that your perfect human sentence? Because most of them are unbiased, but every once in a while, the sentence that you write that says, I think the computers are taking over, that's the one it hates. That's the one where it it. says, oh, that's propaganda. But by throwing that sentence away, you're creating propaganda computers. You're trying to propaganda my propaganda. Is this what that Radiohead album was about? Yeah, I think so. Is this an episode of Black Mirror? Is this the podcast about Black Mirror? How often do you think? Uh, this is probably Black Mirror. Every day. Every time I look in the mirror and I look at that picture of Idris, uh, Idris Elba that I have taped up on my mirror, That's I a think Black this. Mirror. You can't see shit. Have you ever seen a black bottom pool? They're terrifying and you can't see anything. But it, <laughs> no, I, no, I've never. <laughs> it just it, looks like a giant shark's eye you're swimming in. I'd rather not see the bottom than see the bottom of literally anything. There's nothing I want to see the bottom of. You want to see my bottom? <laughs> no. From, uh, it's the, cute. I squat. From the bottom of my feet to the bottom of uh, Ugly Babies, I don't want to see any bottoms. This is a sad rap. <laughs> to the bottom of an Ugly Baby? So you want to see the cute baby's bottom? No, uh, Ugly Babies are all babies. That's there are true. no cute babies. All hey, babies, babies are ugly. get cuter, you fucking idiots. Grow some boobs, grow a butt. I was on an airplane the other day. This isn't a bit. And a little baby, we were all like standing forever to try to get off the airplane kept fucking with my backpack mm. and her mom was like she thinks it's hers ha 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 you fuck it that's my backpack baby i don't care there's an orange jelly bean on it there's something about babies that uh everyone not everyone most people love babies and babies want nothing to do with those people uh-huh but they can find the people who hate babies which is and a they great love fucking life with them. bit i turned around and politely left the baby three times and then she kept doing it and i kept hearing the mom talk to other people am i rude in that scenario oh god and it's i love my fucking kid i love your polite laugh like you'll see a baby and it's just full friend rusher it's just oh. <laughs> chandler yeah stop calling babies chandler by the way even though that's right 60 percent of the time not every baby it's name a popular is name friends is on netflix people are pivoting and just watching it over and over and over again is friends so popular that there's a lot of pivots is that how many babies are named pivot at this point not many babies but a lot of hamsters what about fun bobby oh everybody loves fun bobby he's not that fun anymore now can, that he stopped drinking can you just call it like is it fun first name bobby middle name yeah or no this is a, you call him fun but you call him by his full first name fun bobby fun bobby Smith Johnson Williams. There's I a lot o- of hyphens. I only watched the first seven episodes of Friends. I don't know what happened to Fun Bobby. All I know is that he's Fun Bobby. Well, he was the main character, right? And this is all of his friends. By the way. The adventures of Fun Bobby and Gunther. Friends. Uh, TV is so good for coming up with nicknames for characters. Like, that's where you go for nicknames. Uh-huh. So many people on TV have great nicknames. Prank Fun Sinatra? Bobby. What? Uh, his name is Bobby. Is Fun? Could we not nickname in the 90s? I, I, yeah, I don't think so. That's what happened. Is Prank Sinatra the best TV nickname? <laughs> Probably, yes. Can you, I, there's no nicknames on the OC. Uh, it's not like Gucci Luke. Kid Chino. But nobody calls him that. Have we talked about this? Did you have a nickname growing up? Yeah. Yes, we talked about this, or yes, you had a nickname? We talked about it, and I don't want to talk about it ever again. That is fair, because I've talked about Weird Mike. That was your nickname, Weird Mike. It made me cry. Yeah, I don't think we have talked about this on the show. We've talked about F-word Mike? No. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, not on the show. Uh, yeah, because there were so many mics, because it's a common name, and I was called F-word Mike often. Uh, did not hurt me. And just so we know, F-word used to mean fuck. 
It, it, That's not the F the word words, that we're talking about. The bad about. F word. The bad F word. Uh, not fucking fuck. The bad F word. Called F word Mike. Never hurt me because I was like, I do not care. And then a girl I knew for like 15 years was trying to figure out who another friend was talking about. Mike or weird Mike? And I was like, we've known each other for so long. And I was 16, thought I was impenetrable because everybody hated me my whole life. And it made me cry straight up in high school. It's one of my favorite stories because <laughs> it shows how uh, woke and insecure you were back then. Mm-hmm. That if somebody were to call you F-word Mike, you'd be like, all right, weird, yeah. dig, I like... I, you're trying to hurt me, but it's not going to because I'm secure and that's not an insult to me. But then weird, like devastated you. Weird Mike was like, what the fuck? And I think it's it's who said it, how long we knew each other, the context, the fact that this mutual friend of me and my nemesis uh, apparently would just think it's an innocuous story that, hey, you know the person we've both known for 15 years? She caught you this. Why? Who is the story for? Would if a friend was like, "Hey, somebody forgot your name." That's not a story you need to hear. Why? That and I love that you're the exact opposite of my other best friend besides uh-huh. you. Um, F word Al. He hated being called F word Al, but Weird Al was he was totally fine with. He loves it. He li- he, he yeah, owned it. Super Al. R.I.P. Should we dig into this? Should we dig into the first featurette? Making of the real OC? Look, man, in the last episode, we talked about featurettes in general and how worthless they were, but I sort of like those featurettes. This was awful. I don't want to do this. This so was we, fucking shitty. When we come back, we'll dig real into why Ryan... Turn it off now! Delete the podcast! Fun Bobby, let me ask you this. The first featurette we're talking about tonight is about the real OC. McGee, who is the producer and I think the director of the pilot, if not others... And also directed Charlie's Angels. Who also, yeah, he like brought Charlie's Angels back. But I think not that's full throttle. What he's famous for. Uh, and not necessarily that we know of, the rapist that you declared him to be in the last episode. You were doing a bit. I'm a consummate improviser. Mm-hmm. So I listened and just agreed with you. And then I didn't realize this was a you trying to lure me into slander. Good job, Rob. You're some Burgundy. sort of McG's lawyer over here. Do you, will he sue us? But now that I've watched this featurette, good. Like, he sucks. He's the fucking worst. He's awful. It's weird to watch a guy, because, so, okay, so this featurette is Mick G with, like, six real-life Newport Harbor, Corona Del Mar high school teenagers, I think recent grads, and it's so weird to watch somebody try to be the adult slash want these kids to think he's so cool. Oh, God, he wanted them to like him so much. Openly talk about how he was a dork, but in a way that he thinks he's not anymore, it was weird to watch. And I think the other thing that like you don't really understand as a kid, but you do as an adult, when uh, Jimmy Kimmel on his show does a thing where, like, look how stupid regular people are. Uh-huh. And there's 10 people on that, that, that five-minute segment. They interviewed 200 uh-huh. people. What this thing did was find five kids, show them, regardless of how talented they are, and then have make G... Just fucking old man jerky jizz all over and it. And not he is not charismatic, and they, they took six boring kids who are not charismatic, edited that together. Two of the kids were just there, said one sentence each. And the other kids, it's not like the other kids were great. They just talked more. It was better. These were the good cuts we had to watch. Look, I want you guys to watch all of the OC and the other featurettes. Skip this featurette. You don't need to watch Creepazoid McGee talk to these kids who also it's as a kid you think every adult is an authority even if you don't like them you're watching these kids become adults because they all go 
fuck this guy yes. by the end of the show. It's like a 15-minute thing, and by the from the beginning to the end, they learn, like, oh, wait, adults are terrible. This guy sucks. Uh, I would, McGee is, I was going to say, First of all, calls himself McGee. McGee. And then tells the story. He's like, that's the story of McFlee. Wait, McFlee is the nickname? What is McGee? This is not your given name. It's so weird. He, you can see on his face how he, he'll say something, and he will think that the kids laughed hysterically. Uh-huh. That's how he'll react. But then it cuts to the kids going like, adult, please don't touch us. McGee is 10 years, 15 years older than us? Probably, yeah. And it opens up with him because half the kids are from Newport Harbor, half are Corona Del Mar, which are just Newport high schools. And he's like, Harbor was always a bit groovier. 15, year older, 15 years older than us, groovier was not a thing you said. It's I say dope, ironically, to the point that now I just say it when I think something's cool. Uh, no, he, he was trying to like be hip with the kids. And went so fucking far back, he turned into a Scooby-Doo character. The other thing, too, is that last episode we talked about, uh, we, saw, we watched a lot of Josh Schwartz talk. Uh-huh. And the conclusion that we came to was that Josh Schwartz was a nerd in high school and was never going to be cool and then became a writer, right? Like, that's what you do. It's like, right. I'll be cool because I'm a writer. McGee... Think wh- was also a nerd in high school. But then, like, thinks that now I'll be cool to high school kids. Like, I won't go get that, like, through another way... Now I'm going to impress high school kids. He described himself in high school as red afro, big old braces, and now is like shaved head, Oakley's wraparound style. And by now, I mean 18 years ago. Yeah, it's like the lead singer of Offspring's nerdy stepbrother. And he wants it both ways. He wants the nerd cred. I used to be like nerdy and cool, but look how cool I am now. I am McGee. Fuck all of him. And based on nothing at all, because him and Josh Schwartz do not interact ever, I assume they hate each other as the two creative forces behind this show. Yeah, I mean, it is like, uh, there's no Ryan middle ground. It's just Seth and Luke hanging uh-huh. out. Like, that's gotta be Without hard. Without the Ryan bridge and the growth to figure out how each other works, they're always just like, fuck that guy. But where Luke and Seth fuck that guy because they do not understand each other, I think McGee and Schwartz see the worst of themselves in the other and loathe it. That's all I want. All I want is both of them going home after work, taking those showers that are not to get clean uh, from the dirt off your body, but from your soul. Because you didn't say fuck you to your co-partner. I fucking know that. Screaming at your wife and kids every day. But what he did, he tried to dig in, and he's not a good interviewer. He tried to dig in to find out what's the differences between VOC and Orange County as these kids know it. How do you feel about how that went? Terrible. It was all terrible. <laughs> and it has to be that uh, he asked that question one time, and then they recorded their responses one time uh-huh. and then used all of it because some of the biggest differences, uh, like one kid said that like Luke, the character from the OC, uh, he put his surfboard on the top of his truck instead of the bed of his truck. Right. Everyone had that same big truck. But right. Did, it, wasn't on the, it wasn't on the roof. It was in the bed. That is the insight that we get. That's the deepest. And they, they talk about how, and this is language and kids and adults shouldn't talk to each other, is he's like, do they date, do you guys date how they date on the show? Which that's not a clear question. And the kids are like, no, nobody really dates. You either have a boyfriend or girlfriend or you just hook up, which I would argue is exactly how they date on the show. Mm-hmm. Is that, how did you date in high school? Nobody, it's not the 50s. Nobody's courting. Nobody's sitting on the porch with Ma and Pa looking out the window, making sure you're not even holding hands. Yeah, I would say uh, the idea of a date in every phase of my life is just a fictional TV and movie thing. 
Nobody does it. I don't think I like I don't, like I never had that time where I would say like, "Will you go to dinner with me?" Coffee, maybe, mm. but mostly it was like, "Hey, we're at work together or school together or whatever. Let's flirt now and then hang out somewhere." What about group dates? Was that your era? I, I mean, like, it's not like we all eight of us went to Sizzler together. You're not Sizzler Polly, <laughs> but like four dudes and four girls mm-hmm. of varying. Uh, degrees of liking each other. Does everybody know who's who? I get like we're not strangers. Like we weren't just <laughs> not wearing introduced. weird Groucho glasses. But yeah, like uh, it's when you're young, you can't. You don't have a car. You don't have uh-huh. money. There's no dinner date. And when you're old, you're like, let's just not. Let's just, like, like that is the sort of thing for an already established couple. I think uh, date night. Yes, the idea of uh, let's go out on a date to see if we can get to know each other. That was already going on in all of the other aspects of life. Because class. Yeah. Or parties or whatever. The class system. Have we talked about this, that I would often try to, like, date up out of my class? Uh, that was my move. Nobody says, do you want to go on a date? So that's what I did as a nerd. Yeah. Figuring it out. That sort of makes sense to me. And all of your everything, I would say, <laughs> is an anomaly. Like, it's all weird. And you is, that, r- is that seeing the Matrix? Like, Because it was. I did it on purpose. I knew I thought I was charismatic, but no, the world did not. But I was like, this is, and it wasn't like a fake nice guy thing, but I was like, okay, you only get group dated and pressured. Nobody's like, hey, I would like to take you out. So I will do that and show up with flowers. And it, a lot of people just became friends or we high-fived at the end of it and that did not work or some turned into girlfriends. But it, it was fun acting like I was from Pleasantville. Yeah, I think that's the thing is that I... Uh I think a lot of people hate your guts. Oh, for sure. Because they think that you are so soaked in a vat of syrupy irony. Uh-huh. And then I think that uh, you and I were fast friends because I sort of saw like, oh, my God, this is genuine. Like, he's insane. <laughs> Why is he giving me Like, roses? he's a moron. But this is actually genuine. So, yeah, I think that there are parts of you that are very old school. Uh, you're asking girls on dates. Mm-hmm. You're constant wearing a bow ties. You're toxic masculinity. <laughs> Uh, all old school, Don yeah. Draper, baby. These are all old school things. So, yeah, it makes sense to me that you, as a high school kid, would legit ask people on legit dates. I w- on formals. But do you, but you also know that that's an anomaly, right? Like, you were doing something that was not common. In high school, I didn't know why people would raise their eyebrows and, like, treat me like I was a weirdo. And then in my 20s, I was like, oh, this is a superpower. And I think that is the Seth into Josh Schwartz some people probably thought I was even douchier, but eventually you figure out how you're weird and how to use it as a tool. And hopefully not a creepy way. I don't, I, I'm sure I've creeped people out. We've all creeped people out, but like it definitely wasn't like a <laughs> No, I don't think that. And also, I think that uh, one of your, I think that your biggest superpower is uh, flight. That's a good one, right? I mean, it's only 10 inches, but that's crazy. Your invisibility is pretty cool, but it, it doesn't compare to flight. Uh, is that, uh, you fear rejection as much as everybody else, and yet you'll still run towards it. And that's why I think that most people don't ask people out on a dinner date. Because a group date, uh-huh. you almost can't get rejected, right? Right. You're all friends. It's mm-hmm. a group hang. But I think the benefit of being rejected my entire life as a child. you Like, your entire life, you would put yourself in a position where, like, say no to me, please. Yeah. But, well, because I, it became a tool is people said no anyway. So I, like Ryan, uh, was a new kid to Orange County. And even though I moved here when I was six, was told I was the new kid until I was 19. 
And so eventually, like, I can't stop being this. I will own the hell out of this. Right. And then what happened is uh, you got stung by a billion bees. Not mm-hmm. my girl style, but uh, what <laughs> happened is I've never stu- been stung by a bee before, so I'm scared shitless of uh-huh. it. That, I think that's how most people live is that, like, uh, I can't be rejected. I, uh, right. I've never been rejected. I can't, like, I, I won't do it, so I'll never put myself in a position to do it. But you had done it, and it wasn't that big of a deal, so why not just try it? And now it freaks me out when somebody's like, hey, let's hang out. I'm like, mm, 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 mm. And then you sting them. Why, oh, yeah. Why, why, would you, why are you as an adult still stinging other adults? The best plastic surgeon in Newport Beach gave me a big old stinger on my behind. And in a way that you don't die once you sting. Oh, no. I'm not a bumblebee. I'm a hornet. An Optimus Prime. Do you think that movie's good? Optimus Prime? No, I mean, that hasn't even existed yet. Maybe it is good, maybe it's bad. Who knows? It's infinite. I want to see Bumblebee. Just go do it, dude. But I'm out of movie pass. You're nervous. And even though this goes against character, that Bumblebee will reject you. So I should reject him first? No, wait, that's not my deal. Reject him first. No, go up to Bumblebee and say, I will never see you. I'll break it up with you. you. Uh, One of the things the kids talked about that was realistic for them on the show was bikini parties. They're like, everybody says that doesn't happen. All the parties I go to are bikini parties. They're all from Boston. <laughs> but do you see how, like, there's such a thing as reverse information? Like, Maji's try- Mick G is trying to stri- strike up this thing, and... After a year of the show being out, they film this? Yeah, and he's like, uh, bikini parties, right? And they're like, yeah, people say there aren't those, but there are those. Cool. Yeah. Way to go. Uh, we have so much insight now. Thank you. Not why, not how, not who. Did you ever go to a bikini party? I can honestly say, as uh, much of a raconteur I was in high school, that I do not remember a single party where girls were in bikinis. Even the pool parties, and so few of the bikini parties on the OC are pool parties. All the pool parties are black tie affairs on this Mm -hmm. show. Uh, The pool parties I went to, the minute people were out of the pool, they would put on, not robes, because that's a weird hotel thing. They would put on clothes and sweatshirts and stuff. Nobody's just hanging out. Nobody's comfortable in high school. Based on the parties I went to and based on who I was in high school, it was way more likely that I would be in the bikini. Uh, that's just as I was, a larf. I, yeah, uh, people don't like me. I'm gonna put on this bikini. Hopefully, people will. People, I, uh, basically, I was in high school. Um, Chris Farley. If people huh. thought Chris Farley should have died sooner than he did, that's how I was. Your high school was rough. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, it was rough. So you were, the kids keep saying, if you're charismatic and nice, everybody will like you. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they hit that eventually hard, but you you say lies because yeah. they never liked you, or you're not charismatic nor nice. Yeah, that's the thing is that I, I would put on a bikini, and that's crazy, right? Uh, a male to wear <laughs> female swimwear? What what kind? What are we wearing? Oh, uh, Thong bikini? Yellow polka dot? Coconut? Jessica Simpson, Dukes of Hazard, pink bikini. Always. That was my thing. Never seen it. I can imagine anyway. Pink bikini. I got it. Ha! It's funny. Dukes of Hazard. Worth seeing? I was so lonely. Well, yeah. You so wouldn't lonely. stop talking about Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> but they had that car with the Confederate flag on top. Isn't that a great car? Next, you watch Starsky and Hutch. You just love fucking rebooted movies. Do you love Dax Shepard's fucking chips, too? I love Dax Shepard's chips. <laughs> they're delicious. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty good. Right, grilled like, pickle. Come I, on! I bet you can just eat one. Is their motto like? And they're the size of a small Cornish hen. Right. So, so you should only eat one. You need a fork and a knife. Heart attacks. 
Did anything stand out? Was anything interesting with McGee's interviews with these kids? No, this was the. I mean, like the most interesting thing, not to beat a dead horse, was that McGee is worse than I ever thought he could be. This was awful. At one point, McGee compared the OC to the Last Picture Show. What is the Last Picture Show? The Last Picture Show is a uh, black and white. Even though this is way past color, 1970s movie, Peter Bogdanovich about this dying, dying town and all the kids in it. And what are you going to do when you're in a dead town? Is that an insane thing for him to say to relate to these kids or at all? Do you see what he's saying? Is he full of shit? I feel like that if you're going to be like uh, Black Panther is I'm sorry, uh, Black Lightning is like the wire. Uh huh. Have something after that to Here's make people not evidence. roll their eyes. This is, I saw the last picture show. I want to be motivated by that. None of my work shows that. Uh, no, I, I don't know what the fuck you was talking about. Bad editing? Do you think he talked more? Possibly. I was stunned that that wasn't a Josh Schwartz thing in one of the other things, that it was Mick G who referenced that. I mean, I could say that, like, it's about a dying town, which the OC is not. Uh, it's about a town where the kids are running rampant, but not in, like, a post-apocalyptic way it's just about the kids okay which the oc is not it's about the adults and the kids together equal. yeah i i have no idea where he's bullshit for bullshit people the one thing it felt like they could have dug into and they didn't is the brunette dude with water pulley hair that was mcg's second best friend if the luke of the group was his first best friend uh was talking about the wealth and toys and i know these people i'm there sometimes and i go holy shit how am i here you could have dug into class, and I guess if you're Mick G and you have 15 minutes, you don't have time to do that. But I, my eyebrows raised up, and I was like, one of these teenagers wants to talk about wealth and toys and how a warped view that makes you of the world? That's insane. Let's do this. It was interesting that the kids were like, I am, as I'm getting older, I'm learning that not everyone has what we have. Uh-huh. I'm, get, I'm understanding that like we come from a very strange part of the country, and we have a lot. But uh, they weren't super reflective, Mm-mm. and they weren't super like, ha, ha, fuck, th- fuck everyone else. We have it all. They were right in the middle, and Mick G is not the interviewer to make them dig in. I would love Mark Marin right there, because I think he could pull some weird shit out of those kids in a fascinating way. I'm, I'm sorry to be the one to say this. Mick G, you're no Mark Marin. It's true. I think that's all we have for Mick G and the real OC. Oh, except that he did reveal nobody fucking calls it that. Nobody ever. Except I told you Josh Schwartz. Octobus. Josh Schwartz from Rhode Island. Yes. You learnt, you learnt me this. <laughs> yes. Uh, while we were watching the featurette, uh, Mike and I talked about how um, it was supposed to be on the East Coast. The OC was supposed to take place on the East Coast, and at some point, McGee or Fox or someone said, no, West Coast is hot, baby. Let's get it on the West Coast. But yeah, if it was fucking Rhode Island, not Camp Canaveral, Whatever, what's the Rhode Island Montauk? What's the big fancy Rhode Island bus? Uh-huh. That's, I, let's do that show now with these guys. I'm interested. I don't know that world at all. I mean, boat the, shoes. The differences would have been no big deal. Like the accents More would have sweaters. been a little different, uh, but the main things would have been the same, right? Like uh, class warfare, rich kids suck, age warfare. It all would have been. You know, there. my favorite thing about rich kids, nothing. <laughs> Except to be like, nothing. Wobster. I'm from the Bronx. That's only an hour away. Clam chowder. Chowder. Welcome to clam chowder, bitch. It would have been a lot more soup throwing. When we come back, we will throw soup in each other's faces and then talk about the OC unseen. 
The second and final featurette we'll be talking about tonight is the OC Unseen, which I said much better two minutes ago. Hosted by Josh Schwartz, where he takes us through all the scenes that were cut throughout season one. So the OC Unseen is just a clever way of saying cut scenes. Um, In the last episode, we talked about special featurettes in general Mm -hmm. and what we thought about them and how like we did the HBO fill time thing right they just feel no like commercials so here's this new bullshit i miss commercials rule these are like these 10 minute docs but uh cut scenes are different it's it's sort of a different world where it shows you a little bit about how movies get made and why movies are the way that they are and do you do you remember watching cut scenes on dvds for sure and it's always interesting to be like, oh, this is only 30 seconds? That's crazy. That's dumb. This is five minutes? That's crazy. That's dumb. For different reasons. Right. And the 30 second is the ending is slightly different. And you're like, I remember mostly my anger being like, don't even include this on the DVD. Right. He stepped a little differently. And the fact that in this two-hour movie, there was this huge thing to cut 30 seconds. Uh-huh. Like, who gives a shit? But no, it was probably a two-week discussion about whether or not to include this 30 seconds. And I have to imagine in those movies and on this, because Schwartz referenced other scenes that we didn't see, that there's even more cut stuff that we don't ever get to see. Oh, yeah. I mean, every episode's probably... If every episode's 44 minutes, uh-huh. they probably end up at, like, one... Or, I don't know, like... 108. 70, let's say. And so this is the stuff they think is interesting. Right. So all of this stuff was cut, and then they decide what goes on this... DVD. And is it, do they ask him as the head writer, what do you want to talk about? Or I is this dictated? I don't know. For the most part, on movie DVDs, cutscenes are, yes, of course. You should have. The only reason that you're letting us see this is because you wanted extra stuff on your DVD because this is bullshit. The, the, the ones I, the most recent ones, and this is still 12 years ago, is Apatow stuff. And you're like, oh, here's the half hour version of, I know how you're gay. Right. Thanks, guys. In the OC cutscenes, what we get to start is uh, a boarding school discussion from the pilot. Do you remember how that goes? It is Kirsten and Sandy, before they bring Ryan home, uh, getting dressed in the kitchen for some reason, (laughs) uh, being very cute and adorable and fuckable as they are. And then making breakfast in the bedroom? Talking about sending Seth to boarding school and maybe bringing Ryan over. We have Seth's dance lesson. Seth's dance lesson is... Very close to what we got in the Cotillion episode is him. I thought we actually saw this scene. I, it, I felt like it was from what was different. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to know, uh, and this isn't because of the cutscene. What? When do Cotillion kids learn to dance if not at Cotillion lessons? They have to uh, drop out of school for three months in real life. In real life, and go and work and learn how to dance in the coal mines. Because wouldn't Cotillion? Be where you learn to dance, the dancer going to dance in front of people? No, you have but to But all come. these kids know. It's like selling a script. Uh, you can't get an agent until you have an agent. You know, it's weird. World's dumb. Yeah. We have Luke makes his move. Luke makes his move. Oh, this is, he tells Marissa, once again, people getting dressed. They realize, we don't need to show characters getting dressed ever. Uh, that he's been wanting to fuck her since the fifth grade. He was 10 years old. And although that's weird... I don't, I don't know what you were thinking when you were 10 years old, but do you buy it from Luke? I buy it from Luke. It reminded me of, did you ever see The Big Hit? The Big Hit. Mark Wahlberg. Oh, yeah. Christina uh, Applegate. Bodine. Bokeem Woodbine. Bokeem Woodbine. Thank you. I mixed his names. Bokeem Woodbine. And it reminded me of Bokeem's 
character, there's one line I remember him, they, he's never jerked off. And they go, what? And he's like, I've been fucking since I was 10. But then he learns how to jerk off and doesn't want to be in the rest of the movie. Uh, Wait, he, he looks at the camera and yeah. says, movie over, I'm, I'm going to jerk off. And the next time you see him, he has like a, a stretchy hand thing and he's working out his hand because he's like, this is the best. Uh, and even as a kid, wanting to fuck so bad as 12, I went, this is too young. We're all too young for this. But that's, I mean, that's a grass is greener situation, right? Like, we like sex because we were jerking off for so long as kids. Uh-huh. He's got the reverse, you know? Grass is always greener. And then we have uh, <laughs> watching Golden Girls from the third wheel. I happen to be somebody who has watched the Golden Girls and does not remember who character is what. Okay. Blanche, I think, is the fun one. Blanche is the ranch. Blanche is the ranch. She's a jar of ranch, yeah. She's chunky in a good way. Mm -hmm. Thick. Uh, Golden. There's a girl named Golden. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Blanche wears like bright. The rest, they say, so we know who Anna feels. We know who Summer feels like. Mm -hmm. This is who Sandy and Kirsten like about the Golden Girls. I don't give a shit about the Golden Girls, but I love that the OC decided that their world, their characters love the Golden Girls. Okay, so with this first batch of scenes, um, I think that we get the classic cutscene where screenwriters get a little nervous. Are we sure that our ideas are coming across? Uh huh. They are. We got this. And a lot of these scenes are uh, like two minutes, three minutes that are cut because one line later or earlier does this work. Uh huh. So we're gonna shoot it all. I wish that they just cut it. You know, yeah, you could, if you read closer in script phase, you could be like, "Oh, they do that later." Maybe you need somebody to come in and say, "Like this is unnecessary." In the boarding school scene, one of the things they build up, other than how adorable Sandy and Kirsten are together, is what do we tell the neighbors about Ryan? And Sandy says, "Say he's a cousin from Seattle." But the montage of different noobsies uh, building the rumor of where he's from does that for us, and we do not need the buildup. What? In the pilot, we get it. Some noobsie says, I heard he's a cousin from Seattle. And we as the audience, we were like, where was that set up? No, we <sighs> think it's hilarious that she thought that. So, yeah, I think that a lot of these are uh, stuff that probably shouldn't have been filmed. And I feel bad because so many people worked on this. It takes so long to light uh-huh. these scenes, and they were shot for no Lighting reason. Lighting takes forever. you got to figure out foot candles. But then there was this next batch of scenes that uh, is different. Uh, Kirsten and Ryan play video games. Oh, my God. I can't remember who does what and what they do. Do you R- remember? Yes. Ryan is playing video games, the ninja game, the, the only game they own that they love. Uh, and Kirsten walks in like some sort of suffragette in all white. And he asks her how her day is. And her first answer is, fine, like a mom who doesn't know her new stepson. And then she goes, she just gets vulnerable and goes, is that fun? He goes, for blowing off steam. And then they play video games and just tell each other real shit. Yeah, I mean, it gets... Maybe the scene was cut because it was too real, but they have a moment. I have problems with Oliver. I have problems with that my husband and my father have never gotten along and hate each other. It was so fascinating. And Kirsten says, I also have problems with Oliver. I feel like that. He has been on too many episodes. He has outstayed his welcome, and I'm worried about the future of the show. He goes, what show? She goes, oh, Deadpool. Uh, Sandy gives Seth the sex talk. So we get a little uh, Sandy and Seth hanging out. Love that. Uh, and then we have two Summer and Seth sex scenes. Before the summer, the, it's, the scene is called Sandy Gives Seth the Sex Talk, which is hard to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tail end of that that is adorable that reminds me of the Kirsten Ryan talk is these certain characters, you never get to see them interact. That scene ends with Marissa and S- Seth talking in a very cute way, talking about how they never talk and now they are, and being uh, 
very charismatic, but not flirty, but near there in a fun, friendly way that shows up so rarely. Right. Okay, so this is my thing with the second batch, is that the second batch isn't great, but it's setting up, it's giving us more rapport with these characters who need more scenes together, where even if these scenes were awkward, I bet the next one won't be. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I bet the next time Kirsten and Ryan and then Marissa and Seth hang out, it'll be better because we've established it here. Character moments. And I can... You can tell, by the way, Schwartz talks about them. He's a character moment guy. Mm. Fuck the plot. Let them play baseball with the rest of the X-Men. He seems super into that. And I I feel like that they could beat the X-Men. The OC cast versus Colossus and Rogue. At softball? Yeah. Yeah, the X-Men are way more dramatic. They're going to freak out in the middle of theirs. Wolverine's going to stab through a ball, forfeit the game. But it makes me think, uh, we know that screenwriters and directors are goofy, lovable artists who think that everything that they've ever done and everything else that anybody has ever done is great. And then it makes me think about like what kind of producer or editor are you? Uh-huh. Uh, and if you're, you know, like, it, can you be an editor who like also thinks like Schwartz that these character moments are great? Or are you just like, I'm going to cut any, anything that moves. I'm going to get it out of you here. You just know the amount of commercials you have and you got to cut for it. And with uh, a lot of these scenes were bad, but uh, with the, Ryan and Kirsten. Kirsten scene, can you not see the future? Can you not see like how this scene doesn't really help this particular 44 minutes? But three episodes from now, it yeah. builds that hug. It could be when great. She looks so sad when he's leaving. This it they are so good, and by they I mostly mean Kirsten, uh, because Ben McKenzie. Uh and not good at acting, good at ninja game. She's ninja very game. good at ninja game. That when he leaves and she plays the ninja game and says something about samurai swords and pizza, uh she sells it. Mm-hmm. But this scene would have sold their relationship so much more. I feel like in the last season of OCD, we've been talking about, like, isn't it weird that these two don't have moments? Mm. And I think the two we've talked about are the four we just talked about. It's Ryan and Kirsten and Marissa and Seth. And these two scenes did all that work. And look, the show still made it so when Ryan leaves at the end of season one and Kirsten sits on the bed sobbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sobbed harder. But if they had more moments together, could I have even sobbed harder. even harder? Until you were dry as a husk. I, <clears throat> the other thing, too, is that this is classic network style. If this was modern-day Netflix, Hulu, blah, blah, this episode's 56 minutes. This, right. This episode's 42 minutes. It doesn't matter. But back then, you had to get this particular script to. to 44 minutes almost on the dot. The other two scenes are the summer sex scenes which Schwartz let us know, were cut after the Janet Jackson Super Bowl debacle. Uh-huh. One was Seth and Summer openly in bed, unclothed because only sheets. It did feel more risque than most of the OC sex scenes. Mm. And they were being funny about it. I think he went down on her by the way she said, do that again, and he was twitching his jaw like some sort of Jimmy Carey. Right. Uh, I liked all of that. Loved that. The thing is, too, is that if this was today, um, I think that they would have said, if this was on Hulu or Netflix in 2019, uh, they would have said, look, you either watch or you don't. Uh-huh. We're not going to cut so these like right-wing people will then start watching. Just do the thing. And to connect it to the Super Bowl halftime show is bananas. You, uh, it is. It is. And I fully expected when he said that that some of the scenes would involve ripping right uh boob. not just sex in general but do you remember what happened after that like do you remember what the country was like are you old enough barely i mean what year was this barely 
I was alive, but I'm such a not sportser. I want to say 02. No, I mean, I was in high school. But nothing. It, I mean, we were already going conservative anyway because of 9/11. But what things like sort of felt good. Like we could coast on this slight liberal way forever. Mm-hmm. And it felt like that was when right winger said, "That's it. Too much. They have gone too far." And this is where we will put our foot in the ground. And it just pulled it back harder on everything. Because of a boob under a shirt. I get why Jimmy World had to change their album that was supposed to come out a week after 9-11 from Bleed American to Jimmy World. That does not really bother me. But this is insane. You know how uh, your, let's say grandparents, hopefully not your parents, but your grandparents will say like, uh, I'm fine with gays. I just don't want them doing their stuff in public, and they think that's like super liberal, you know. Uh-huh. That was it. Is that like all oh, right? I, 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 not on TV. Yeah, I, 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 I've been tolerant. I said that gays can do their things in the very privacy of their closets, but this is insane. And everything got set back a lot. That's insane, especially watching a Fox soap opera in prime time that's supposed to be about this stuff. Mm. This is after or during Luke railing his ex girlfriend's mom, but this is their issue: right. consensual cunnilingus. And the other one is they just cut a summer line that made it funnier. And it is because, as I said, Rachel Bilson sells summer lines better than they're written. She said, Seth refuses to have sex with her. He's lissistrotting, striking on sex. And she says, what if you just lay there? Lay there like a buffet and I'll just serve myself. That's super fucking funny. And they cut that. It was pretty funny when Summer said it, when Josh Schwartz and McGee said it. They both really liked that line. It wasn't that good. In their different featurettes, they both brought this moment up. When they both said, we wanted Summer to see this line, like she's a 16-year-old, but also like a 42-year-old. Why are we gross? High five. They're disgusting. Those are the featurettes. Not bad. Right? What do we say? Uh, Go through the bracket. Uh, Who's the winner? Of all four? Of all four. Of all four, the OC unseen, I do think I learned things. The, oh, this one line later covers this four minutes of this scene. You could cut it. I love these characters, so me wanting more time doesn't mean it's a bad script move to cut this scene. Yeah, I mean, for you to say I love these characters, but a little less, please. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's important. There's two scenes I out of the eight they showed us that I think they could have cut. Good job, professionals. Do you think this is going to make you go back through your... 1200 DVD collection and watch every single special featurette? Yes. Just to see if McGee's in there more to talk about that one Rachel Bilson line. You want more McGee? More McGee. So you're going to watch the Nightmare Before Christmas special featurettes to see if McGee is talking about Rachel Bilson? Yeah, because Tim Burton's like, I met this crazy guy at a party. <laughs> McGee, come here. Be on this featurette. How many parties is Tim Burton going to? Every single one. I think that's true about McGee. I bet you to this day, he's going to every single party he hears about. Yo. Y'all like parties? Where you put your surfboards? Yeah, McGee, we're at a party. We like parties. Get away from our party. Mike, if McGee was to go to a website, which website would he go to? I think McGee would go to yourpopfilter.com. Wait, we shit on this guy, but we're still saying this is where he would go? Oh, no. Good people and shitty people should go to the website. Everybody goes to yourpopfilter.com. We serve all kinds except for the bad kinds, if you know what I'm saying. Mike, if you were doing an impression of McGee, trying to figure out how Amazon works, what would you sound like? Slash Amazon? Your popfilter.com slash Amazon? 
Jeff Bezos and me were friends in high school. We were both nerds. Yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Mike, if you were going to uh, go to YouTube, but you're McN, and the N is short for nugget, what would you sound like? Go to YouTube and search your pop filter. It's funny video versions of all these shows. Not all. I mean, some. They got work to do. Mike, if you were going to find Pop Filter on Twitter, but you were going to do an impression of what other people think of Mike, how would you sound? So, just Miss Piggy? We're back to Miss Piggy? That's how I assume the world sees me. At your pop filter on Twitter. Uh, Mike, if you were going to tell us what email and phone number to call, and you were going to do it as fast as possible so we can get out of the show. Contact yourpopfilter.com, 152.dj, publish152.dj, contact yourpopfilter.com. Next week, season two. We're going to start talking about season two of the OC. Latro. California, California, here we come. 